2: Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor.
3: Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm speaking to you from uh, New York City on the 23rd day of November 2021. I always like to remind you, I'm the editor of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. You can sign up for that by going to miningstocks.com. MiningStocks.com, we'd like to plug Chen Lin's letter, what is Chen buying, what is Chen selling, go to ChenPix.com, and Michael Oliver's letter as well, OliverMSA.com, and Michael will be with me in just a couple of minutes from now. We do want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. This week's sponsors, Novo Resources, El Oro Resources, Hannon Metals, Labrador Gold Corp., Lion One Metals, SK Mining Corp., and Firefox Gold. I've titled today's show, Focusing on World-Class Gold and Silver Discoveries That Are Underway. Dr. Quentin Henning and Michael Oliver, my guests today. Last week, it looked as if the next leg up on the gold bull market may be underway, with the market closing the week above 1825, as Michael Oliver's momentum and structural analysis work suggested, uh, would likely do the trick. Well, you know, there's huge amounts of paper money that can be sold, and Uh, manipulate the gold price uh, in the short run gold price discovery can really be damaged by this and uh, there was a massive amount of of, uh, paper futures markets activity this week that drove the gold price down very dramatically Uh, last Friday Alistair McLeod warned on King World News that the bullion banks would want to see gold lower to take out the longs and call options on the December contract uh, On those contracts that those uh, banks wrote, he suggested that 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 was behind Monday's massive smackdown by the bullion banks, and uh, stated, uh, and I quote, "Those of us buying physical to spend when fiat collapses should be eternally grateful." End of end of quote. And then later yesterday, Alistair tweeted, and I quote, an entity dumped $1.25 billion worth of gold futures in one minute, and then a second dumping of that amount occurred also in one minute's time. Seems obvious the objective was to drive prices down as much as possible, as is most likely it is the major bullion banks slamming the market again with fake gold in the form of paper contracts. And uh, Michael uh, uh, Alistair also noted uh, that something like uh, the open interest the last three trading sessions he said comex open interest uh, has fallen forty two thousand four hundred six contracts the bear raid by the bullion banks has been successful they will want to shake out more fla- uh, flaky bulls ahead of option expiry putting a price cap on of about eighteen hundred dollars so he says last chance to grab and hold some cheap physical end of quotes. And so this may indeed be the last chance to pick up some cheap gold and silver bullion. If you take into account the amount of money that has been created with COVID-19 since that point in time, gold is now selling as low as when it was $35 an ounce in the 1970s and $250 in the early 2000s. From a fundamental point of view, you can make that case. But as cheap as gold is, you can make the argument also that the gold and silver shares are even cheaper, especially for exploration companies that are on the verge of outlining world-class discoveries. That's why I'm so happy to have Quentin Henning with me today to talk about Noble Resources after our first commercial break. And then in the third segment uh, today, Quentin will be with me to talk about several small-cap exploration companies that are sponsors to this show, as well as those that are among my favorites in my newsletter um and so he's going to be here to give us an update on some of those world-class discoveries that uh, appear to be underway uh and also novel resources he'll talk to us right after our first commercial break but right now i'm really happy to tell you that michael oliver is with us once again thanks for joining me michael hi jay good to be back it's uh, it's good to have you back, and I, I do have to ask you. and I'm sure people listening to this show uh, would like to hear what your response is. 1825 was was going to be a number that we were waiting for. We cleared that with a considerable spare, uh, and yet they really slammed this market hard on Monday of this week. Uh, what is your take? Well,
4: my take is this. First off, any breakout that we get on momentum you can sometimes get immediate gratification in other words it goes out the gate and just never looks back uh Uh, that's usually rare what a momentum trend change indicates to us is the the trend pattern the direction of the zigzags if you want is now shifted to positive that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you can't have pullbacks you can't pull back below the breakout level even it's it's quite possible this is true with all markets not just gold now, there are some numbers below that we issued today that we don't want to see. We're not near them right now. Uh, it would indicate a further sharp sell-off. But right now, the gold market is trading 30 bucks below our weekly closing breakout number that we wanted to see during this quarter, and that occurred uh-huh. several weeks ago. Uh, as you said, it went well above the breakout. However, we also wanted to see silver do same, and it did not. Uh-huh. Silver closed a penny and a half, uh, it was like two weekly closes ago or so, below our breakout number <laughs> that we wanted to see, and it didn't close above it. It closed a penny and a half below our trigger number. That's how precise it was in its peak weekly close. And since uh. then, it's dropped $2. Uh, back you know Halfway back to the low that it made s- several months ago. Um, so I, we want to see silver break out as well to reaffirm to second what gold has said. And that hasn't occurred yet. And those numbers are up in the 2530s. So we're trading around 20, uh, 23,60 right now. So we've got to go back up again. So anyway, that's the technical situation is gold did break out over a structure, but silver did not agree with it. And we want silver to concur. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're waiting on that. But there's some other things I think investors, particularly investors, not traders, need to pay attention to. We've been bashed by this Fed taper talk since June. Almost every month there's been a bashing. Mm-hmm. You know, where the, yeah. it rises again in, in the public sentiment and they bash the market. So when Powell was uh, renominated uh, on Monday, when Biden announced it, uh, the market uh, preferred to <laughs> be Brainerd. Uh, the gold and silver market did. At least some people did. Frankly, I thought it really wouldn't make a lot of difference. Uh, Powell has proven that he can print better than anybody.
5: Okay.
4: Uh, no, Ed, I don't care whether he's a Republican or not. Yeah, he can print money, yeah. and uh, he, he did what Trump told him to do, print money and get interest rates to zero. Well, he did it later than Trump wanted, but he did it. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's proven his ability to do that. This talk of taper is very interesting because if you look at certain key markets that the Fed has defended by outright buying Uh, Last spring, especially starting about May last year, they started buying outright ETFs on corporate debt. HYG Mm -hmm. is one of them, and JNK junk is the other. This is high-yield corporate debt ETFs, and uh, they bought those outright. They ceased buying, as I understand, in June of this year. And once they did, if you'll look at a chart of HYG and JNK, those markets, which had been moving with the S&P 500 in nice sync over the last couple of years, started to ooze downside over the last couple of months, while the mm-hmm. S&P continued to move higher. So they divorced themselves from the S&P, and this is a critical market arena. Uh, pension funds own a lot of this stuff in order to get high yield. Uh, and by the way, read the article in the business section of the journal today, Wall Street Journal, about mm-hmm. the situation that a lot of pension funds are finding themselves in. I'll read you the headline. Public pensions have less cash, making liquidity crunch a risk. Mm-hmm. Well, Right now, HYG and JMK are within decimals of the low of the year. Mm-hmm. and The S&P is mm-hmm. just off the high of the year. Uh-huh. That is more critical to the Fed than anything, is this debt market. If that market starts to break down, this talk of taper not buying that debt for example, or selling it <laughs> for example, uh, would crush that market and would also in turn greatly damage the pension funds, which were in uh, at a seven year low in terms of cash mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you've got to pay attention to that because the fed the fed, fed will but it's not a headline article it's not a something that most investors or analysts are talking about, but that asset category is on the ropes and uh, our momentum work says it's on the ropes as well. It's not just weak in price, but the momentum says it's weak. So you've got to watch that arena because if it starts down, all this talk about Fed tapering, if they do, they're going to help deflate one of their biggest bubbles they've ever made. And if you look at an HYG chart or an S&P chart going back 12 years from 2008-9 lows, And look at the increase in price that we've seen over that dozen years. And then go get a chart. My suggestion, go to the St. Louis Fed website, Mm -hmm. Fed website, and pull up a chart on Fed funds rate going back decades. And you'll see that Fed funds rates were off the page low. I mean, they were were at zero, they popped up to two, and they're back at zero basically, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And compare that to history. And you'll understand why we have a bubble greater than any bubble we've ever seen in the stock market or in the corporate debt market. If that bubble starts to come undone and the Fed doesn't enter to protect it, meaning cease tapering and start printing again, then that bubble is going to unwind noisily and rapidly, in which case all this talk of taper goes out the window and instead the exact opposite occurs, in which case all the people selling gold, and they've repeatedly done it now four or five times since June, Mm -hmm. have been wrong. And if you look at the charts, you'll see all the sell-offs in gold based on the taper thing have gone, uh, come from the 1800s, gone back down into the 1700s. But it's just repeated selling in the same zone.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: They're really mm-hmm. not making any headway. They just keep knocking it back down, but it comes back up again. Mm. The question is whether they can knock it back down and take out the March lows or not in the 1600s, or whether this is yet another false taper-type sell-off. Uh, watch the corporate debt market. It's very critical.
3: Yeah, I would, I would think so. And uh, of course, uh, we know what the Fed will do. We think we know what the Fed will do. It will err on the side of ease rather than tightness. They have to. They have uh, no choice. But, but, but it could <laughs> yeah. get away from them. It could get away from them. You know, I mean, it could. They have to have perfect timing, right?
4: No, it could. You could have a situation. I could envision this where. They talk the taper enough to where these things unravel, start to come Mm -hmm. unraveled. Look at what's going on in the stock market this week. It's a pretty sharp drop from the high of the week, from Monday's high to today's low. Uh, It will take a lot more to start triggering some things over there as well. Uh, But uh, you could easily, they could go overboard the other way, meaning taper, Mm -hmm. not buy enough of these assets, start diminishing their holdings, and help cause the situation to come unraveled. Mm-hmm. Which is the monster they made, they'll make it worse It'll, when it mm-hmm. comes undone. And then, of course, the opposite will have to occur at some point,
5: mm-hmm.
4: uh, oh. in which case they'll have to go even more overboard than they did over the last year in terms of printing mm-hmm. money and keeping rates low. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice that the ECB is not tapering.
5: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Christine
4: Lagarde yeah. is, is definitively not doing that. Uh, and so we get got a division between supposed Fed policy and ECB policy. They go in opposite directions, no taper or taper. And the question is, will the Fed be alert enough to respond quickly, or will they let it come unraveled first before Mm -hmm. they panic? Mm -hmm. In which case, you could get an event where gold sells off. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it looks up and realizes what's going on again. You know, the central bank's going berserk, and the gold will whiplash itself out of a hole. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, So far, I wouldn't say it's... Technically likely, but you know anything's possible here.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So, I mean, that uh, I think the number that you uh, you passed along was something like seventeen fifty or something like that. Seventeen fifty three
4: is a number I don't want to see on the front month gold. Right. And we don't see it but this we, month. That's, we avoid it. If, yeah.
3: But if things if things come unraveled, we could see something below that, and then it would be a, a buying opportunity of a lifetime. One yeah, other I thing I'd did. like to mention, yep. Michael, and see what your thoughts is. Bob Hoy, out of Vancouver, uh, an elder statesman in our business, he he talks about how gold always performs best uh, after the bubble is is pierced. Um, and you know, in terms of real real the real value of gold, for example, you know. So yes. I don't know if that's a and, and the mining companies usually do very well in that environment as well. So, uh, interesting enough. Uh, just uh, with, a, with just about a minute left, I'd like to ask you about uh, Bitcoin. And you did, you did uh, in your week- weekend um, precious metals letter, you did talk, you did compare Bitcoin to gold. Would you like to comment on that briefly? Because no, I see, I, you know, from going back to 2016, Bitcoin has risen about 3,500%. Uh, relative to gold, it's
4: definitely beat gold and silver over, uh, since over the last four or five years. Okay, we know yeah. that. Uh, it's done in dramatic upwaves and downwaves, but it's been an upward pattern where Bitcoin has outperformed gold. However, there is a situation now with Bitcoin measured against gold or silver that says you got to be careful now because we've got a structure underneath this on, annual, uh, on long-term momentum of Bitcoin, uh, on the spread of Bitcoin versus gold or Bitcoin versus silver, that if you pause Bitcoin much or cause it to pull back while gold doesn't do the same on a percentage basis, then the spread relationship could shift positively for gold and silver Versus Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. frankly, given the structure that's been built since uh, 2018 low in this spread, uh, there have been three up waves, uh, you cannot afford too much pullback in Bitcoin and a opposite up over stability in gold and silver. Otherwise, the relative performance will shift favoring the monetary metals over mm-hmm. Bitcoin.
5: Mm-hmm. and it
4: wouldn't surprise us to see that occur in the next couple of months. It hasn't occurred yet. We don't have a signal yet, but it's, it, it's, it's ready and waiting, <laughs> put it that way.
3: All right. All right. We'll have to leave it go at that. And, of course, to keep up with that sort of thing, as well as many other um, markets that you follow for your subscribers, it's OliverMSA.com. Michael, thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you, Jay always important thank you so much well folks we do have to go to break but don't go away dr quentin henning will be with us to talk about novel resources i'll be right back with dr henning
1: Firefox Gold is actively exploring in Finland, where recent discoveries have sparked a new gold rush. Firefox controls a major portion of a prospective gold belt, giving the company a distinct advantage for exploration and strategic partnerships. The company's strong international leadership team, combined with its Finland-based exploration specialists, will put Firefox on the crest of the coming wave of gold discoveries firefox gold trades on the tsx venture exchange under the symbol ffox go to firefoxgold.com to subscribe for updates
6: sk mining corp trading under the symbol esk on the tsx venture and
1: eskyf
6: on the otcqb is a mineral exploration company targeting precious metals rich vms deposits in the heart of british columbia's golden triangle SK Mining controls a prospective land package totaling 130,000 acres, which lies across a geologic trend that once hosted the prolific SK Creek Mine. With a world-renowned geological team, funding in place, and shareholders such as Eric Sprott, SK Mining is on the cusp of a world-class discovery. Go to skmining.com to subscribe for updates.
3: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I am really happy to tell you that Dr. Quentin Henning is with us once again, this time to give us an update on Novo Resources. Quentin is now the non-executive co-chairman of the company that he built. And uh, Quentin, he is also uh, full-time with Crescat Capital, where he provides very valuable advice uh, to that firm to help them select exploration companies with the potential to outline world-class gold and silver deposits. I know, Many years that I've known Dr. Henning, uh, he's not uh, He's not interested in, in tiny little projects he's uh, looking for the big the big guys and he very often is involved in finding them and uh, uh, he's going to be here uh, in the second uh, segment the next segment as well to cover some of the others uh, companies that he's uh, provided some advice on uh, Quentin thanks for joining me again
0: absolutely always a pleasure Jay
3: it's always a pleasure to have you as well um, I maybe should just mention for those that well I think everybody knows Novo by now but it's NVO in Toronto NSRPF in the US 246 million shares I saw it earlier today at a in US money giving it a market cap around 300 million in US money but it's also noteworthy that the company has some very uh, significant assets as well uh, that is uh, liquid assets in the form of cash and marketable securities I don't know, by my count, it looks like something on the order of $160 U.S. dollars, something like that. Uh, And so the company is well-funded, and uh, it's got lots going on. So uh, let's let's get started with uh, now a new producer. Novo is a new producer. We've been covering it for many years before it produced, but now it's producing. It announced production of 14,890 ounces uh, in the second quarter, of this year, and 18,000, it boosted that to 18,144 ounces in Q3, but the market was expecting something higher, I think, uh, maybe somewhat disappointed, although for the many years I've been covering companies, I know that new producers almost never uh, go straight up. Uh, they always have some uh, some startup issues, and so um, the Beaton's Creek project that Noble put into production would be no exception. Uh, there is a shortfall of uh, due primarily as I understand Quentin to lower head grades and uh, the company was going to try to resolve that by tighter spaced pre-production drilling, I think on uh, on 10 min- 10 meter centers. Um, let how are things going in that regard? I mean, are you seeing seeing some results positive yeah. results
0: from like a tighter spacing? Certainly. We are, we are, Jay. So to give everybody a little background, we started production around mid-February of this year. Mm-hmm. And um, the biggest challenge we had initially was around grade control. Um, the laboratory that we had uh, worked out to do our grade control assaying simply got backed up, mainly d- due to a shortage of people, like the, the preparation of samples was probably the biggest bottleneck. Uh, you know, but long story short, we had to be light on our toes and implement visual grade control. Uh, not ideal for any deposits, especially mm-hmm. when you're starting. So, you know that that had challenges in itself. Uh, but we we managed to uh, kind of get things heading in the right direction by July of this year. Now, part of that, uh, you know, that transition is, or not transition, but I guess a learning exercise around visual grade control was. We were mining different reefs at different times, you know, different l- layers of conglomerate at different times, and what we found is that in different layers and different areas, you know, there is there are subtleties that are that are you know that have to be recognized. I guess mm-hmm. you know th- thickness of the bed and then you know its lateral continuity and so forth. And so, you know, that that uh, imported some further challenges. But we what we decided to do was get. Firstly, get yeah, our, our laboratory issue worked out. So in May, we signed an agreement with Intertech uh, to put our grade control samples uh, through the Chrysos machine that they had purchased there. Now, they had purchased one, and then the second one was installed uh, about a month or two later. So by mid-year, we started to get uh, routine assays coming out uh, from from the assay lab, which was really, really helpful. Now, uh, initially, the they, the team on site targeted 20-meter spacings to try to get a handle on things. You know, they were actively mining. You know, you can't just simply park everything up and, and not do anything. So they, they got their 20-by-20 20 20 spacing uh, holes in place in some critical areas and assays back by, say, October, maybe early October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even with that, it was recognized that 10-by-10-meter 10 10 uh, control was needed. So. Uh, They've been very aggressively drilling on 10 by 10 meter spacing now, and that's given a great deal of, uh, you know, higher resolution on exactly where each bed is and and how to mine it. Uh, That has resulted in a better success here in the past few weeks. I've noticed the grade steadily increasing uh, part of that, you know, is, is they are mining the M1 and M2 in in, this, in certain areas, too, which is very helpful. They're very sheet-like and continuous uh, conglomerates. So, overall, we're seeing a, a dramatic inc- uh, improvement in the grade control issues that we face. I think uh, from here on out, the guys with 10 by 10 meter space drill, drill, grade control drilling, they should be in a good position to effectively minimize uh, dilution now that that said uh, we are still mining new areas every every uh, day that goes along you know we get into new parts of the ore body we're up on golden crown hill right now which is a pretty complicated area but uh, the guys seem to have their eye tuned into things and and with these 10 by 10 results as they come back I think I think they'll be able to stay on top of things so I'm very optimistic there
3: yeah, I, I think it's noteworthy, uh, Quentin, if I understand the financials, uh, despite these difficulties, uh, it was pretty much a, an operating, you you, did, you weren't suffering losses on an operating cash flow, if I understand the numbers. You were, you yeah, know.
0: Yeah, we were treading water. I mean, you know, yeah. there, there were months where we made pretty good money and then there were other months where, you know, we had to, well, for example, we had to build the tailings lift, which, uh is a capital item in itself. So a sustaining capital item. So, you know, mm-hmm. the they're, the company's been basically treading water in terms, or the operation's been treading water in terms of cash flow. To sure. Today. We do expect that to improve going forward. It's, uh, like I said, it really turning a corner here lately, and I'm very optimistic. And it's it's to the point now where our exploration team, uh, you know, has kind of given the, the green light to go ahead and be very aggressive, you know, with spend on exploration. And that's uh, really our next main thrust is to to make sure that we start exploring the district and even other areas of the Pilbara.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I think I saw somewhere uh, one of your, one of the corporate um, PowerPoint presentations that the company still uh, has a target or at least a, a desire to uh, to produce upwards to 100,000 ounces a year from Beaton's Creek. Um, obviously, production levels thus far fall short of that. But the point is that, as you just said, you started exploring aggressively out and around Beaton's Creek as well, right? Maybe you could talk about that because mm-hmm. you've had some pretty, pretty outstanding numbers that I've seen come across from different areas. Uh, out, you know, close
0: to, I think, within, I don't know, fairly close to Beaton's Creek. Yeah, Beaton's Creek is is the deposit in the conglomerate, mm-hmm. and that that's really part of the greater Nulligine Gold Project. So we have this uh, area around the town of Nilligan in which we, we kind of class it as near mine or near production type, uh, exploration. And that includes a lot of new targets that we're finding out in the Mosquito Creek area, which is to the East of Beaton's Creek. And we have had some very good uh, results here lately. We had some, uh, announced a few weeks ago from the genie prospect, which is only three kilometers, uh, north of the mill. So, you know, very low hanging fruit, uh, and then other targets. And, and now, recently, we've been drilling at Parnell, Parnell Vulture, which is a very large target that we have identified through soil sampling and and geologic work really sound geologic work. And we're drilling 15,000 meters there. So we've announced that to the market. The, the goal of all of this is to, to put together basically a, a longer mine life. And, you know, we, we want to be in this camp for a long time. So we're looking at uh, tackling basically every exploration opportunity we can see within reason around the mill mm-hmm. how close are those to the mill Genie uh, and Parnell and I think' there's another one Emmy yeah him uh, yeah let's pick them apart so genie is only three kilometers north of the mill uh, Parnell's mm-hmm. about 35 or 40 kilometers by road to the northeast of the mill and it's you know easily transferred you know, within transport distance, and then the hemi target, which that's actually the gray's target, the area that we're exploring on the, we'll call it hemi trend, uh, is a belt of rocks that's way over by Port Hedland, so it's not really impactful for the immediate production at Nulligan, but it's certainly a, a really robust target, or tar- targets, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, that we've identified here recently.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you know, your your focus has had been until recently almost in- exclusively on uh, conglomerate hosted
0: gold. Uh, is that changing? It's it's uh, changing in the sense that we we are recognizing some basement targets that we think are are well worth going after. Uh, part of the the issues around working in certain areas to get native title and heritage work done. Uh, we're being very patient and diligent and trying to work with our aboriginal partners in these areas. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes our priorities shift uh, to areas that we can see can be advanced sooner. So the area around this hemi trend that I mentioned uh, is kind of just north of the, the reserve in that area. So we think we can move that forward a little bit quicker. Uh, we're we're also moving the area around Comet Well and pretty mm-hmm. report forward. We're, we're doing that mechanical sorting test work here shortly, uh, but we've also identified some new targets. Um, there is a lot of activity in, in the Pilbara, I guess. Uh, what I would say is that we kind of blaze the trail for others to start exploring and, and mm-hmm. other coming in, not necessarily just gold either. Uh, you know, you see it, lithium is very big, uh, of course iron ore always, uh, but we're also seeing uh, n- nickel uh, discovery. So uh, we we recognize that that geology basically underlies our land position in places. Uh, we've got, mm-hmm. you know, around thirteen thousand square kilometers, so it's not surprising <laughs> to have some of these other uh, potentials.
3: Yeah. yeah, indeed, yeah, very interesting. Uh, battery metals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, well yeah. I know your focus. I know you're a gold guy, Quentin, and I know you're not going to stray too far from gold. I,
0: but if yeah. there's the opportunities there, you certainly uh, that that would be great. I think we're looking at it as a value add, you know, like it, it might not even be us that necessarily advances some of these other targets, but we're trying to identify some uh, targets that maybe we, we bring in another partner or something. Some mm-hmm. of them we tackle our, ourselves at least to a de- degree or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's up for debate right now, but we do want to inform our shareholders that we do have uh, a lot of the potential that others have seen across this region. I've got to ask you about mechanical
3: sorting, because in in my mind, that is uh, potentially very, very big for Novo. Uh, How's that going? And could you give our listeners a sense of what it might mean? I know that you're, um, you're, I think you're going to a larger scale right now. You're testing it. Earlier scales looked extremely impressive and successful. Um, But could you just talk a little bit about mechanical sorting and where you're going with that?
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. We put out a news release on mechanical sorting test work, uh, field, we'll call it field level test work, that we're undertaking uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the machine is now installed at Nulligan, so it's basically put, we had uh, constructed the, the machine and all its peripheral equipment uh, right next to the existing mill there at Nulligan. It simply makes it easier for us, I guess, to permit and operate there. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of bulk, bulk samples that were discussed in the news release from various projects that we have across the Pilbara. So we got stuff from Comet Well and Edgina and um, Talga, Talga, and, even, you know, Beaton's Creek and stuff. So we're going to put those samples through uh, over the next few weeks here. They are uh, basically in, in place, and I think the, most of the material has been crushed and is, is and screened and is ready for the test. Work. And I can't tell you exactly where they're at, this second, but I know that mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a main initiative over the next few weeks before Christmas. Yeah, it could really be uh, very
3: significant. I think, and with regard to EGNA, I think that you mentioned. I think there's a maybe an orogenic target there or next to it, but it won't interfere, as I understand. Uh, you know, with with the uh, with the existing target
0: that you were looking at. That's correct. It, look, the uh, the this hemi trend. Uh, we'll call it, is a basement-hosted gold system. It's associated with a certain type of intrusives that are called synecatoids, a little bit odd name, but basically they're gold-rich intrusions that uh, seem to have generated some pretty stout gold deposits like De Grey has. Uh, we have that trend on our ground, and we will explore, but it does not impact uh, our ability to, to operate the gravels, the near-surface gravels in that area. Very good. All right, so
3: uh, we got to go to break now. But what what could you? I guess investors just need to keep their eyes on on the news releases. There's a lot of things you'll have coming out.
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of expiration news, the mechanical sorting, of course, uh, but we'll also have some updates around uh, production out of Beaton's Creek, as far as uh, what the future is going to look like. So we'll, we're we're able to start talking here soon about. Uh, Forecast of of what to come and how we're going to build production from here forward.
3: Very good. Excellent. All right. Well, folks, we do have to go to break now, but don't go away because Quentin will be right back with me after. Uh, after we go to commercial break and he's going to give us a little bit of an update on some very exciting stories LORO Resources, Hannon Metals Lion One Metals, SK Mining Labrador, Gold Corp, all companies that are sponsors of this show, companies that I have in my newsletter that I'm extremely excited about Uh, so don't go away, we'll be right back with uh, Dr. Henning uh, to talk about, give us an update uh, a little bit of an overview and an update on those companies so don't go away, we'll be right back
1: Lion One Metals is focused on high grade gold in Fiji, led by legendary Canadian financier Walter Barakoff. Lion One is permitted for production and drilling for discoveries in one of the most exciting high grade gold projects in the prolific South Pacific Ring of Fire. Lion One trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol LIO and on the OTCQX under the symbol LOMLF. Go to our website at liononemetals.com for more information. About Lion One medals and high grade gold in Fiji.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
3: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and uh, Dr. Quentin Henning is back with us uh, after the break to talk about some of uh, my favorite stories, uh, companies that are sponsors of the show, also uh, companies all of which I have purchased shares of, and they are also uh, favorites in my newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. So thanks for staying with us, uh, Quentin, and I'd like to ask you first of all about El Oro Resources. This is a a company that's exploring a massive silver tin rich polymetallic deposit in Bolivia. It's hosted in several breccia pipes. uh, I think uh, a couple of them that you've uh, pierced into so far. uh, But maybe there's more targets there as well. But as I understand it, this is a huge bulk mineable target. uh, Very rich in silver and tin. And so uh, just give us an overview of that. That's Certainly.
0: Project. Look, Yeah, look, uh, it, you know, this region of south-central Bolivia is geologically is very interesting because the magmas that came up, these are, you know, it's part of the, the circum-Pacific arc, you know, basically it's mm-hmm. uh, an area where there's been long-lived subduction, uh, where the oceanic crust has been drawn underneath the, the continental crust. And in that process, you generate a lot of melts. And for some reason, in this area, the, the melts are rich in many, many different metals. They basically have a whole host of metals that uh, you would find across the periodic table. You know, including tin and uh, silver in this case, but also lead, zinc. Uh, now they're seeing copper at uh, the Porco zone and gold. Uh, you know, actually some pretty impressive gold. Uh, gold out of the recent assays they got at the Porco uh, target. Uh, which is really just a, a subset of the, the greater Iski iska property here. It's, it's really shaping up to be you know, a truly world-class uh, system. And um, this
3: is a resource. I think they're going to announce uh, they'll, they'll be putting together a resource sometime in the not-too-distant future, I believe?
0: Yes. If you look at the drilling done to date, I, I think they have three rigs operating, and the drilling they've done to date is largely focused up and around the Santa Barbara uh, area, which is where... The company first encountered some long intervals of uh, silver, lead, zinc, and tin mineralization uh, starting, I think, back in January. And you can see, I, in fact, I'm quite impressed. Like uh, Bill and Osvaldo uh, are definitely focusing a lot of drilling up in that region. Uh, they they've done some geophysics and indicate the system's wide open up there. And I I'm going to you know hold my breath because I think I think what they're saying is that basically every time they drill a hole, they still can't find the edge of this thing, which is just well, remarkable. Is, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, an amazing system. So very anxious to see uh, where that resource lands right now. I think the box that they've drawn around the, you know, this targeted initial resource area is something on the order of uh, one and a half or maybe up to two kilometers long, and it's about 600 meters wide and or maybe even more than that at this point and it extends down about 600 meters so you can imagine i mean that's a that's a lot of rock that they're they're tackling uh it's not to say that every you know cubic meter inside that's going to be mineralized i'd say mm-hmm. looking at the drill intercepts probably in the order of 30 or 40 percent maybe up to 50 percent in some holes uh is is reportable in terms of mineralization so but that that's a, still an absolutely exceptional result um Porco, the area that they've sampled here recently, way down at the south end. So we're talking like two and a half kilometers. And they're seeing high gold and, and copper uh, and even higher tin grades. I mean it's just it's astounding. So it looks like the system like the hot hottest part of the system, which is usually where you find the gold and tin and, you know, copper, is actually down in that area. And that just makes you start to think, wow, you know, now Ah, uh, we've got not only the Santa Barbara area, but everything in between. It's absolutely immense. Is um,
3: is it likely then, as they, as you say, they keep they keep stepping out and keep <laughs> finding mineralization? Is it possible that there will be a delay then in terms of the uh, the the initial resource, or are they just drawing a a border around what they're going to report? <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good question. I I think Bill is down in the country right now. He's kind of going through a review, and I'll be anxious to see where where they land with that. I you know I guess my advice uh, sometimes companies get a bit aggressive about putting a resource out, and they kind of forget you know the bigger picture. I don't yeah. think Bill's that kind of guy, so I'm not too worried. But he you know if he come if he says Oh, you know let's uh, keep billing here or there or whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if if they end up forestalling the resource a little bit mm-hmm. just to get you know some more drilling in sure
3: um, well i think you know 62.1 million shares only two dollars 83 cents 175 million dollar market cap given the so- sort of size of this thing and i don't know we don't have time to go through too many more because we have more companies to talk about but in terms of tin tin could be a very valuable part of this silver and tin primarily at this point right
0: Uh, Absolutely, silver and tin, but uh, in other areas, you know, the lead zinc is very important, and and now copper and gold.
3: Oh, crazy, crazy stuff. All right, Hannon Metals, uh, H-A-N and H-A-N-N-F in the U.S., 92 million shares, only 20 cents, the lowest uh, market cap company that we'll talk about. Hannon Metals exploring a vast sedimentary hosted copper-silver mineralization in Peru. Give us the overview of this one.
0: Yeah, look, I'll give you the two-minute two version. Basically, they're looking at uh, a copper-silver system, very different than most people are used to. This is a sedimentary-hosted copper-silver uh, system. It is hosted by black shales, and it's very extensive. It's on the east side of the Andes. Uh, there is folding in the region, so you see the, these rocks come up, and then they go down into the subsurface over and over again. But these guys have uh, done work across a very large area at Tabalosas. That's confirmed this thing is uh, I- extremely extensive, you know, on the order of tens to even hundreds of kilometers across. So the Sam Martin car- copper project is, is really shaping up to be something potentially world-class. Now, they also have a belt of porphyries, uh, again, on the east side of the Andes. These are something we call alkaline porphyries. They're, they're richer in gold. Uh, Very early stage, but I do know they're doing work there, too, uh, to just try to identify, you know, what areas are the most prospective for the copper-gold porphyry. So, uh, very anxious to see where that lands.
3: Yeah, it's uh, one of the things I'm wondering about a little bit is uh, Peru, uh, the new political uh, situation there. It hasn't been terribly... Positive towards mining. That's just one thing. I don't know if you have any opinion. Maybe that's more yeah. a, a better question for Michael Hudson of the company. But I just I don't well, know if you have any thoughts.
0: I have a comment I you know I know a lot of people in a lot of companies. We have a lot of investments down there, so we watch it fairly closely. I would say that Peru has had a sustained mining industry for now for mm-hmm. several decades, and I'd be surprised if that uh, gets disrupted. I think their economy basically is. You know, in part driven by minerals, sure. uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's not to keep people from doing goofy things from time to time. And politicians are the goofiest <laughs> people on the planet. Oh, so, well, we uh, say that again. I, they came out. They came out and said some things the other day, and then they quickly tried to walk them back. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. But uh, yep. Yeah. Anyway, they're yeah. it's politicians. <laughs>
3: Yeah, politicians, both sides of their mouth, that's that's typical. So, okay, so SK Mining, really, really exciting story. Now, this is a $400 million market cap uh, based on the numbers this morning, $2.45, U.S., 162.5 million shares. But my goodness, this company is really exploring what looks like, um, you know, like the SK Creek project. Uh, just give us an overview of where this company's at now, this um, polymetallic, really a uh, VMS uh, project.
0: Yeah, look, this, this company should be thought of as hosting a district, not just uh, a particular target. The drilling this year tested a number of areas, including TB and Jeff, which were partially drilled last year. And, and this year, I, I think the results we're seeing are very outstanding. You know, they're really a, a great uh, expansion of what we understood from last year. So, recently, the company announced some very long intercepts, you know, 90 to 140 meters of. 2.6, 2.7 gram gold equivalent in the stock work zone to the feeder um, of the VMS. We're waiting some uh, assays from the actual massive sulfide itself, which is very intriguing. But but beyond that, the company has identified and now drilled a number of other VMS targets uh, down south. This Vermilion target, uh, C10, those were drilled this year, anxiously awaiting results from those. And then they've identified boosts on the ground uh, work. Up in the northeast, a new area called Scarlet Ridge, which is just an absolutely immense VMS system. Very similar in the stratigraphy to the Escape Creek deposit, which is about seven kilometers west. Uh, Again, we're very excited. I think this is a a story that will absolutely be one of the front runners in terms of Canadian exploration stories over the next few years. And there's more assays coming out from this year's drilling, I think, right? Yeah, look, only, uh, I think, five holes out of 98 okay so, we have so tons of assays. <laughs> so we should be getting a lot
3: of news through the winter months here before they uh, the company goes back to work and how soon can they get to work in the next year
0: yeah look there the target we had meetings last week we were targeting uh, june early june this year to, to mm-hmm. get in uh, perhaps in the lower areas and then try to expand we we got about 23,000 meters done this year we would like to get well north of 30,000 meters done next year, so that might mean you know a bit more aggressive approach, earlier start, later finish, um, you know maybe even more rigs at some point. Don't know yet, but we're we want to be aggressive. This is a winner.
3: Uh, I should mention that you are involved either as, directly as a as an advisor to these companies or as an advisor in any event with Crestcat Capital, because each of these companies, I believe, Crestcat has an interest in as well that's
0: correct yes
3: all right uh labrador gold uh next door to um one of the most outstanding new gold discoveries in north america i would say newfound gold's amazing discovery and it's uh, queensway project this is the kingsway project it's just adjacent to and uh, along the same belt of rocks uh as uh, uh, you know as as newfound's king uh, queensway project so the kingsway project is being explored and we did have um uh, the company on this show just recently. Uh, I think they're having some pretty nice success, but so far um, you No, know I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a half a meter of 76.24 grams per ton. It's a pretty nice number But so far I haven't had the same sort of longer intersections I think uh, that the uh, newfound has had but just give us your your overview of, of Labrador
0: certainly look uh, lab is situated just like newfound along the Appleton fault corridor This is a north-northeast trending uh, fault structure, and then the secondary structures, these are the smaller structures that come off, are actually the ones that host mineralization. What we're seeing at LAB is basically the same style of mineralization they see down at at Newfoundland. It's not not a big surprise. We're talking, you know, same structure, same Mm -hmm. system, basically. Uh, But they haven't found the big structure, you know, like the big, you know, 10-plus-meters type structure yet on, the, uh, on their side of the property. Now, that said, the company is now exploring, through drilling, uh, areas east of the Appleton Fault. And if you look at all the, the bigger discoveries that Newfound has made, they are all east of uh-huh. the Appleton Fault. So the, the premise is that uh, now that they're drilling on the east side, uh, they might turn up some, uh, some wider intercepts here at some point. Uh, one area that I kind of focus on is this Golden Glove target they identified a few a couple of months ago. It's immediately north of the property boundary, and it's immediately east of the Appleton Fault. And they, they got samples there at surface over 300 grams per ton. I'm very hopeful that uh, that they will find a new high-grade discovery. Uh, and, and look, Newfound, I'll put a plug in there, they've also got a new discovery called Big Dave, which is immediately south of the property line. So. Uh-huh. I mm-hmm. think you know I think the high grade basically straddles that property
3: line. Mm-hmm. Interesting, and of course, uh, Newfound has a has an interest in Labrador as well. They own some shares. That's in Labrador. That's correct. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So Labrador, I've uh, got it selling at sixty-eight cents U.S. money earlier today. One hundred and fifty-three point seven million shares. Um, U.S. market cap a little over a hundred million. So certainly if there's some big numbers coming down the pike, there's a lot of room on the upside for these shares, I would guess. Uh, and last but not least, and I know you're going to be with us next week to talk about Lion One Metals, an alkaline deposit, uh, as you've identified it. Uh, certainly uh, a story that I was watching over the years, uh, but always seemed a little bit small, very high grade. And this is the Tuva2 project uh, in uh, Fiji. Uh, but now I think with your input, uh, that it's come to be realized that there's that this is a much bigger system than what management might have first envisioned, uh, and the company is moving towards production, right? Yeah,
0: that's correct. So they, they've got the exploration uh, continuing, particularly on the, the high-grade feeder. They're, they've uh, been drilling at depth. It is very exciting because you know the high-grade feeder is shaping up to be uh, a bit wider in terms of its uh, true width, and as far as grades, it's considerably higher than than some of the loads above. So, uh, very aggressive exploration continues there. Uh, they're also doing a lot of infill drilling in preparation for mining. They are looking at building a modest scale mine uh, in the next couple of years, and that would be uh, to it would be an expandable mine. It's basically a scalable mine. So the idea is to kind of do this at a test level initially, but be also ready to. Uh, to expand production now look i'll talk more about that next week i don't want to spoil that punchline just yet
3: yeah but 86 cents uh, 156 million shares 135 million dollar market cap uh, lio is the symbol l o m l f in the u.s is uh i purchased it and uh, certainly i mean just i think one of the headline numbers that i saw recently 3.9 meters of 33 grams and it was underneath uh, some really high numbers underneath their existing resource, I believe, right? So,
0: Yes, that's correct.
3: Um, that's, uh, it's really a lot of exciting stories, Quentin, that you're working on, and I know Crestcat Capital. I should tell our listeners, and I put a plug in for Crestcat Capital as well, uh, and um, people that follow uh, a good number of the stories that I follow in my newsletter are followed and um, invested in by Crestcat, and you put out you and, and um, the two gentlemen you work with there um, put out a wonderful product every Friday, almost every Friday, unless some for some reason you can't do it. Uh, Crest Crestcat gets active um, videos, and usually, uh, uh, you know, you start out with a macroeconomic view and the market view, and then you come in with your uh, ex- your exploration. Um, Intelligence and how you know the projects and the and the nature of the projects and I think it's just a wonderful service that uh, that you provide on YouTube. Uh, so I want to thank you for that and and Tavi and um, and and your, your people there that are yeah, doing yeah, such a great yeah yeah it's
0: yeah. it's just look uh, it's 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 a pleasure. Yeah, uh, it's actually one of the most enjoyable things that that I, I you know I look forward to Friday every week. It's just it's fun. We won't have it this week. Uh, you know, so I don't want to get people's hopes up. Uh, I'm up in Seattle. Uh, Kevin and Tavi are taking a well-deserved break with their families, but we'll be back next week. Well, it's Thanksgiving weekend and uh, Thanksgiving week, so I guess that
3: that makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, Quentin, I want to thank you very much uh, for joining us today and uh, an extended time frame with you. It's it's really good to have you, and uh, yeah, it's always appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay well folks that is it for this week next week uh, I'll be here with Adam Taggart he's the host of a great new video series named Wealthion uh, he has a, gr- a lot of really great interviews there but we're going to be interviewing Adam next week uh, to get his sense of what's going on in the economy and uh, you know some of his guests and, and who they'll be and, and who he's going to have on uh, in the near future so uh, and Quentin as we just said will be back with us next week Uh, to talk more about Lion One Mines. All right, folks, well, that's it for this week. And until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you.
2: Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel.
6: Labrador Gold is an exploration company focused on its flagship Kingsway project located in Central Newfoundland Gold District. Labrador Gold's first-phase drilling program has successfully identified high-grade gold mineralization, including a 3.6-meter intercept, grading 20.6 grams per ton gold and 1.85 meters, grading 50.38 grams per ton gold. The company has approximately $35 million in the treasury and is led by a world-class team of
5: CEO Roger Moss and technical advisors, Sean Ryan and Quentin Henney.